This is a warning, sugar. You're about to listen to the masters of the obvious. But I'm going to keep it real with you, my sweet babies. These mamas ain't masters of shit. It's just two stone-cold foxes and their feminist agenda. But if you dig sexy things like interviews down by the fireplace, talking nerdy and little double entendre, keep on keeping on, because they're about to lay it on you. Right on. And welcome to the 16th episode of Masters of the Obvious. I'm Kirsten Bozio. And I'm Cynthia Rose. On this episode, we have Danny Beck, concept artist at Riot Games on to talk about his job, his love of Star Wars, and The Mandalorian. And Kirsten and I discuss nerd news and new comic releases. But first, we'd like to remind you to go to mastersoftheobvious.com. We have a ton of merch for sale. And if you'd like to support this pod by taking advantage of free shipping in the U.S., well, we really appreciate you. And hey, I bet I can make you breathe harder than Lord Vader. <sighs> and you can check out our shop and show your support at mastersoftheobvious.com. Hey, Kirsten, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? I've been watching a lot of things, reading not as many things, unfortunately. But I did catch the new Animaniacs reboot. Oh, how is that? It's exactly what you want it to be. It's and it's very self-aware too. They're very aware that they're a reboot, and there's a lot of jokes about that and shilling out to Hulu as well. And that's yeah, great. It was pretty good. I know a lot of people are upset because two episodes in, there's a massive dig to Trump, the massive Trump baby. Yeah, it sold me in the first episode. They had a whole like musical number called Just Reboot It. <laughs> so it's very it's very self-aware and I appreciated the nod to Gilmore Girls. Yeah, so I've been enjoying that and my youngest kid just has a newfound love of Transformers. Okay. And I'm riding that train. I don't, you know, I don't really like a lot of the Transformer movies. That's not really a surprise. I'm not a big Michael Bay gal. The 2018 Bumblebee movie is actually really cute. Yeah, I've seen that like a hundred times. And every time I listen to the Smiths or something, Max is like, oh, hey, it's from Bumblebee. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Uh, you still listen to the Smiths? Get out of here. Yeah, of course I do. I have the Smiths lyrics tattooed on my body. I fucking You're love just, the Smiths. I feel like you just you just want problematic faves, don't you? What? I just Morrissey is problematic, <laughs> but the Smiths is eternal. I'm sorry. That's fair. Um, but I disagree. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just cute. It's got a female lead and she's not hypersexualized. And I mean, it's there's a lot of plot holes for goddamn sure. Like, why would you transform into a bug over and over again when that's not the quickest way to transport people in a rush? But yeah, I had problems with the movie, but it was cute. It was definitely better than the other steaming piles of trash we've been served. I was surprised that it had 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's probably... More so because the bar was set so low with the other ones. I could see that. And because I, I don't feel like that movie is a 91%. It's not 91% good. Well, I don't think there's <laughs> anything controversial about it either. So I feel like critics weren't really wanting to pan it or 
rave about it. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's just it could it it can be like middle of the road and terrible, like fucking Fantastic Four's nine percent. That wasn't controversial. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. Um, I also rewatched Spirited Away just a few minutes ago, actually. Aww. And those films are such comfort films for me. And the kids actually haven't seen it. I'm a terrible parent. Wow. Um, but they really enjoyed it. And then I finally finished Doom Patrol. There's only two seasons. I really like the first season. It took a little bit to get into, but then it really hit its stride. And there's some good moments in season two, but overall, uh, it's not as good. But it did introduce us to sex ghosts. Oh. And it became a recurring thing in that season. So I'm on board for that, clearly. Wow. Um, and then the only thing I've been reading is Rat Queens. I've been rereading it because I'm super excited to read the latest two issues. They have a new art team and I wanted to refresh myself before I read those. But you also watched um, The Queen's Gambit, didn't you? I didn't finish it yet. I'm close to it. I'm savoring it. Got it. Well, I learned that 62 million households watched that in the first 28 days. I'm not even surprised. I've heard so much about it. Yeah. It's so good. I can't wait for you to finish. Well, what the hell have you been up to? Oh, God. A whole lot of nothing. I watched The New Mutants. Oh, I'm so scared, too. I loved my son's reaction to it. And I won't I won't give it to you right now. I won't tell you his reaction other than to say that he found the big bad at the end to be laughable. I won't oh, go wow. into it because you haven't seen it. Yeah. My six-year-old laughed at it. Isn't it supposed to be like more of a horror theme, too? They set it up so it could have really, they could have hit a home run with it. And they really just went, nah, we'll just drop it. We'll just drop the ball right here. It has such a good cast, too. Yeah. And this is like the last um, Fox property, right? Or was this still um, Disney? I believed it was made under Fox and distributed under Disney. Gotcha. So it I think that's hands. why they kept having those false starts. Yeah. And they were so going to do reshoots. 2018, right? It, it was kind of precarious. And I think it suffered the same kind of fate that the Fantastic Four did with, are we doing research? Are we not doing reshoots? Are we doing like, it was just kind of like a bunch of, they were scared that it was going to be the Fantastic Four. And again, and guess what? It fucking was. People hate it. Sometimes you overthink stuff so much that you become the thing that you're trying to avoid. It was a letdown. Okay. So it did. Oh, did you catch any of the racism that um, we saw being reported about it? Yeah. And oddly, that's the character I want to see more of, which really sucks that I'm saying that now. Well, she was supposed to be kind of a bad girl. A shithead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, she was racist to this girl, but the way that the girl handled it was fucking spot on. Like, my dad told me about white girls like you. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with portraying adversity and racism in films as long as it's not, like, the the character's enti- entire identity. Not the person who's being racist, but the person who is, um, you know, being wronged. I, I think one of my biggest problems with cancel culture is that when when you're canceling characters in movies and um, books and things like that is the thing is, is that characters have to have room to grow and be better people. Otherwise, there are no stories. So sometimes people start out as shitheads. Do you think it was necessary to the plot, though? No, it was lazy. It yeah. was lazy to show, like, I have adversity. I don't like anybody. You're the new girl and I'm going to make fun of you. It was very lazy. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's the only time I would disagree with it. You know, like, I don't think it should be a, a character's entire identity. And I don't think that it should be 
lazy writing and not advanced the plot at all. My favorite thing is, I've, I've been seeing this more recently, is even villains respecting people's pronouns. <laughs> They're like, I'm evil, but I'm not that evil. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think that's a good direction to go. That's a whole nother level of evil that I don't even touch. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a person in particular that I don't like, but I definitely go their pronouns, right? Because then... Because then also, if you're going to, you know, be insulting or critical of somebody and you off the bat do something dick dickish like that, it kind of cancels out what your argument's going to be. I also watched the Fresh Prince reunion on HBO. I can't believe that you watched that and I didn't. And I definitely, like, was obsessed with Fresh Prince when I was younger. Yeah. With the original Aunt Vivian, she was a professor. She was a lawyer. She was a dark-skinned Black woman who was extraordinarily powerful and the, and the backbone of that family. And she could dance. Oh, my God. I love that in the reunion, they actually, she talks about how that particular scene has taken on a life of its own for another generation. And she's so proud of it. And it's so fucking cute. But, I will, you know, for her to have been replaced by someone who is lighter-skinned who then became a, a stay-at-home mom... Mm -hmm. it's such it's such a tonal shift it's 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 a lot but anyway when she comes on and tells will that she lost her reputation because he called her difficult mm. i mean we all fucking know that that's a kiss of death for an actress especially a fucking black one mm -hmm. you see and, it in politics too oh my god yeah and they haven't spoken in like 27 years Wow. I'm glad that they had an opportunity to talk about that. So that's really important. And I'm glad they did it on camera. I know it's kind of people could say it's tacky. Why couldn't they do it in person and make it real? But I think it's an important conversation to have, not only to show that, you know, to give her a redemption, but also to show that it's never, I mean, to, to call a woman in Hollywood or a woman in power difficult is... It's very coded. <laughs> It, yeah. I just wanted to add that I love confrontation, so please do everything on camera. <laughs> That's why we record all our conversations. That's why, exactly. <laughs> and why I enjoy Real Housewives, even though a lot of it's staged. But I still love even the, oh, even the you know, an illusion of confrontation. All of it is staged. All of it. Oh, yeah. Well... Well, I think it's time to go into some news. Is it nerdy? No. Damn it. It's really nerdy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Did you hear about this one, Cynthia? Deadpool 3 has brought on the Molyneux sisters as writers. I'm so excited for a Deadpool 3. I really want something after Deadpool 2 was such a disappointment. I, I don't think it was. A, I don't think either movies were a disappointment, but... I would, I would just would love to see less T.J. Miller in general. Right. The Bollywood Sisters are from Bob's Burgers, so of course they're they know comedy. They're going to do a great job. Yeah, and Wade, you know, Wade Wilson isn't just for guys; he's for everyone, and we know this because he's bisexual. I personally have been turned off by the Deadpool character, and I think that he's really fun. And you know, he's an X-rated Spider-Man. He's sarcastic and ridiculous and that's great but just like the culture surrounding it the guys that i would see wearing like deadpool t-shirts and who are huge deadpool stands were just the worst but i think the funniest little tidbit about that whole toxic culture is that 
um, the writer of Deadpool, Gail Simone, was in line to watch Deadpool 1 at her local theater. And a guy in line tried to explain the character to her. She's one of my favorite people on the internet, too, because she is not afraid to just fucking dole out her opinions on any and everything. Love it. And that's who you want writing Deadpool. And the Molino sisters, I feel like, are going to be in the same spirit. I mean, Bob's Burgers is top notch. And it doesn't punch down. No. Um. So as far as we know, WandaVision is kind of like we're going to be strolling through Wanda's mental breakdown. <laughs> oh, okay. So clearly she went through a lot of trauma in the last few movies. You know, her brother died, which I was pissed about. And I knew it had something to do with the fact that Fox had owned that character. But yeah, she had to watch her brother die. She had to watch her lover die twice. <laughs> and she's you know, just not doing good. So I think it's good that we are bringing her back for the show and seeing her like full capacity. Because I always, I've always said that her powers weren't completely realized. And we're going to see an entire world that she's created in her, you know, misery. We saw a lot in the trailer, you know, more of a 1950s era of sitcoms, like Live Love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke Show and Bewitched and all that. But what we, what I didn't realize is that we're going to get more recent references like Modern Family in The Office. It's looking like it's going to be some sort of reverse House of M storyline that we got in the comic books. But I just, I just fucking know. I know I'm going to love this show. And I'm going to love the references and I'm going to love exploring her world and her powers more that we didn't get to see before. Right. I'm so excited for this show and I'm sad that they pushed the date back for it. So Tati Gabrielle, we know her from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So good. Is joining the cast of You for season three. Oh shit, we're getting a season three. Oh yeah, that cliffhanger we were left with was season two, of course. See, now that's my trash show. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so fun. And it's, But it's also like shot so deliciously as well. I love it. I love it, too. I hate that I love it, but I fucking love it. I mean, I don't love Joe, but I no. love how fucking juicy that show is. It's real good. So I hope that she, you know, hands his ass to him and doesn't get killed off. Like, you know, most people on that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Someone's going to be on that show. Oh, they're dead. God damn it. <laughs> oh, no, not the glass box. <laughs> oh, let me show you my books. No, no don't look at his books. Don't look at his books. You can't come back from that. <laughs> All these nerdy boys trying to fucking show you their books. You're like, I know what you're going to fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? J.D. Salinger? No. <laughs> Oh my. Do you want to do you want to take the next three stories? Yeah, there's not a lot to say on these. They're just I'm just going to rattle them off. It's okay. just I just want to mention them. I think that we have to mention the fact that Stranger Things is, Robert England is joining Stranger Things. Robert England is who for those that For Gen Z, Robert England is Freddy Krueger. I mean, it makes sense. We had, you know, Sean Astin in it too, and he was totally a product of the 80s. Did you know that his mom was Patty Duke? Shut up. I didn't know that. You know, the more I learn about Hollywood, the more I realize there's a lot of nepotism. Oh, that's all there is. And in Star Wars, too. Like, I, even George Lucas put his fucking kids in the films at some point. Life in general. I think that it, it extends to all aspects of life. It's all about who you know, who you blow, or who you do blow with. 
So, <laughs> wow, please trademark that. I'm just upset that I could never suckle from the nepotity. Well, you do know a lot of people. Well, yeah. you don't do blow with them, but you do know them. It's not too late to suck on their tits. What you're trying to tell me. <laughs> yeah. We also got a, a trailer as well, huh? Yeah, we got a chaos walking trailer with Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland. We got Ray and Spider-Man in a movie. I thought it was very clever. I am so sick and tired of the same fucking movies getting made over and over again. And I guess, you know, you can kind of say that every movie is just the same, you know, man versus machine, man versus himself, blah, blah, blah. But Mm -hmm. I do appreciate that this is something new and it does look interesting and I am interested and the trailer looks good and I'm excited for it. Another piece of news. It's not nerdy, but Twitter went wild and Twitter went, they just went hard and it was hilarious when uh, the news dropped that Don Jr. got COVID. People went nuts. It was fucking epic. Every single tweet I saw had me crying. Like Speaking It was so fucking good. Who you know and who you do blow with. I don't think that cocaine cures COVID. <laughs> I think we just found that out. We did. <laughs> Noted. But I, <laughs> there's no segue into this. I just, I will, oh, maybe. Oh, wait. Nepotism. Elon Musk. SpaceX. Baby Yoda has been shot into space, joining the SpaceX Crew Dragon. And the second ever crewed flight of a SpaceX spacecraft. Wow, that is hard to say. The doll was brought on board to be a zero gravity indicator, which I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize was a fucking thing. And then I realized, oh, yeah, I didn't go to secondary school. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. But it's a little too perfect. It's adorable. Also, very peak capitalism. They should have brought those $40 blue macaroons on the fucking macarons macron i really hope we don't have any french listeners uh attends uh je voudrais uh bleu baguette bleu soup de so um we also caught the first two episodes of the limited Adventure Time series on HBO Max. Well, you caught the first two. I had you already seen the Don first ben one. Caughted them. Don <laughs> Ben caught it up. Yeah, Obsidian was obscenely cute. Ew. You like that? You like yeah, that? I do. Why aren't you in marketing? <laughs> Why haven't you been marketing our podcast? Because <laughs> I left it up to you. Oh, that was your first mistake. I, well, I mean, the first episode, female, was really fun, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cute. Loved it. But this one. <laughs> Let's oh. talk about it. We just like, we just like sapphic ships. Please. Come on. Please yes. let us ride the island of Sapphos. <laughs> Um, and we got that. We got Marceline and Bubblegum together again. And it's emotional. Oh. There's always like an angry and mystical one. And then like a cute royal one. That seems to be like the classic sapphic pairing. I love it. And we got a little backstory on Marceline with her mom. Oh my God. Basically misled her so that she wouldn't have to see her die. She suffered from that 
mysterious blood coughing disease that all mothers suffer from in in movies and <laughs> I think it's <laughs> called consumption. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the TB. It's the tuberculosis. <laughs> I still I still prefer how Padme died, which is like Ugh. just I can't, <laughs> you guys. I just I can't. She died. She just literally couldn't anymore. She, she died of could not even. She could not even. <laughs> <laughs> Please put that on my gravestone. <laughs> could not even. Here lies Kirsten Bozio. Evidently she could not even. <laughs> But we did get to see an adult Finn with a Jake chest tattoo. And my God. Oh, all the feels. I loved it. Oh, we're getting like just little, little tastes of Finn, but not in his regular form. We get baby Finn in the first episode and then we get chest tattoo Finn. Oh, so good. Um, oh, your boy, Rudy. What did he do this time? Oh my time? god. Well, the only reason that I feel like this is of any uh, concern or and it can be brought up in any context in the podcast is that this motherfucker brought up my cousin Vinny. <laughs> so Rudy Giuliani was fucking sweating, just sweating, <laughs> just sweating off all his makeup and whatever the fuck was in his hair. Because you know what? When you fuck with the girls and the gays. And the days. And the days. No one's going to fucking want to work with you. And that's what you fucking get. You fuck with the girls, the gays, and the days you're going to look a little crazed. <laughs> yes. And my God. So as this is happening, he goes and he misinterprets a scene from My Cousin Vinny. And the director and Marissa Tomei both clapped back. And Marissa's clap back was just a... a um, a gif so i can't talk about it on the podcast but the director oh boy jonathan lynn said i regard giuliani's praise of my cousin Vinny as generous from the man who is currently giving the com the comedy performance of the year <laughs> oh my god between the sweating and the four seasons incident oh, and him tucking in Borat, the shirt and him just getting his ass handed to him again and again and again and again in every court and then the my cousin Vinny director just handing him his ass again. Someone needs to check on Rudy because this motherfucker is getting dragged. <laughs> He's not doing okay. There was ever like a human embodiment of 2020 of you, Rudy Giuliani. Yes. He's a Rudy poster Ken boy fail. this year. He's Rudy the worst. <laughs> I just wish he would go home. Rudy, 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 go home. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this one to you too, because this is your favorite thing on the list oh dear god just when i thought that i didn't i wouldn't be concerned about ed norton anymore <laughs> i go i'm and i'm back on twitter because i'm doing things with the podcast and normally i haven't been on twitter in a while but i love it i know a lot of people shit on twitter and every guest we have on is always like yeah i have a twitter but i'm not on it guys Twitter is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I love it. It's like you discovered it or something. I did. There's this thing. It's called a tweet. It's like a little birdie. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and not only is Twitter funny, but Twitter's smart. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to use your words. Sometimes Twitter's sexy. <laughs> so, uh, Ed Norton, uh, bringing some sexy back. 
he went on an epic rant on Twitter. It was so delicious. He went hard after 45 and this motherfucker did not miss it was beautiful i couldn't help but picturing him like popping a vein while he typed it yeah don't make the fucking hulk angry easily my favorite part and i don't know if he meant this to be a direct reference to the show letter kenny but they're always calling each other temply and verbatim he says i will allow that he's also a whiny, sulky, petulant, grinchy, vindictive, little ten-ply, super soft bitch who oh. no doubt is just throwing a wicked pout fest and trying to give a tiny head, hand middle finger to the whole country for pure spite without a single thought for the dead and dying. I needed a reminder that I could get turned on by someone dunking on somebody that I hate. Like, that was, oh, so good! Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, what about it? That's it. That's, that's the news. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking I'm I want it. So just I just want someone to say that to me every day until it comes out. Hey, Cynthia, Wonder yeah. Woman, 1984. <laughs> 1984 was such a good year. <laughs> God, this is we're just never going to get to the news if you keep being an old lady. Hey, 1984 is the year the fucking Purple Rain came out. That was a fucking good year. I wasn't around, so it couldn't have been that good. Wonder Woman 1984 is finally going to be released on HBO Max on Christmas Day for a month, but that's only after a December 16th theatrical release. Now, are they going to make you pay uh, an additional fee the way that Disney Plus does? They are not. Fuck yes. So this, I mean, this is only good news. And I don't, I don't think a lot of theaters in the United States are open, especially as we're going into like phase two lockdown. But a lot of countries, we're not, we're not the entire fucking world. The the rest of the Hmm. world is handling COVID pretty goddamn well. And I'm sure they're trying to get those international tickets sales, especially in China. Right. I mean, New Zealand, they can, they're fucking throwing raves. They're having the time of their lives. Yeah, actually, Joe Biden just called up the prime minister. They had a lovely talk. I teared up because I'm like, finally, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Like he's getting help from this woman who's taking care of business. We got the first looks at Anna Diop's new Starfire costume on DC's Titans. Hey, guys, guess what? Starfire, new costume. We talk a lot about how bad wigs are in the DC universe and it's it's just cool to just let her have natural black hair we don't have that bad wig look diop like every person of color in this industry faced a lot of backlash it's it breaks my heart this is another case of um a great character a great actress the most consistent part of the show being driven off the internet by toxic fandom it's not surprising, but it sucks. Yeah, it's not. I'm I'm disappointed, but not surprised. Um, she is back on the internet, though. I think it's one thing to criticize the costuming and the and even the hair at times. We criticize wigs, but just the majority of it has been just ugly and colorist and had nothing to do with her talent. We're finally going to get some Latinx representation in Arrowverse, and that's with the newly announced series Wonder Girl. It will center on Yara Floor, who we've been talking about a lot on the podcast. We're super excited to see her in Future State. 
who, of course, is a newly revealed Brazilian Wonder Woman. Fuck. I just, I'm really fucking stoked for it. So wait, she's going to be on the Arrow show? No, the Arrowverse, which encompasses like Supergirl and Arrow and... Oh, so she's going to, she's going to like make an appearance on all those shows. She's going to be on Wonder Girl. She's the main character in Wonder Girl. Oh, she's getting her own new show. <laughs> Sorry, that just did not compute for a second. So, because I didn't realize, because I know that you had spoken about this character and not not wanting to get too attached to any of the um, the future state. Exactly, and that's that's where I'm surprised and why I think this is noteworthy is that we're not we're going to get her beyond the limited two month future state event. That's great, and also I gotta say, I know they're not the greatest, but I really do love the Arrowverse shows. Yeah, I think they're doing a better job than a lot. And here's some sad news in the Arrowverse is that we're going to lose Black Lightning after season four. But of course, it's not going to be the only one to end as Supergirl is concluding. And then we all we have left is The Flash, Legends, and Batwoman. I still think that Black Lightning out of those shows has been more consistent as, mm. as far as CW shows go. And the representation has been really great. So it's still sad to see it go, but um, at least they're making room for diverse programming. I want to end the news on a lovely nostalgic note, and that's the fact that it's the 57th birthday of Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. I will admit that I haven't been watching the recent seasons. I fell off somewhere when, when Capaldi took over, but I think that was more just like a time issue for me. Oh my God, a time issue. It's Doctor Who. But I can't tell you how much I love the episode of Vincent and the Doctor exploring Vincent Van Gogh and his mental illness. And br- they actually brought him to the future to see an exhibit to see how important he is to the world, thinking that that might prevent him from killing himself. But that's not really how depression works. He still, hmm. you know, ends up committing suicide. But that episode is a standalone. And I will show that to people that aren't Doctor Who fans because it doesn't even need context because the emotion is still there. And it's just, just beautiful. Comics. These are the new comics for this Wednesday that I recommend. It's very biased, but hopefully you'll check these out. Captain America, Sharon Carter, Tradeback is going to be out. Shuri, Wakanda Forever, also a Tradeback. Vampirella number 15, Batman White Knight Presents Harley Quinn number 2, Wonder Woman number 767, Angel and Spike number 16, Juliet Takes a Breath. That's also a trade paperback and a beautiful coming of age queer story. And I definitely recommend that as a gift in this holiday season. Um, Speaking of gifts, there's a gift set of Lumberjanes, The Unkindness of Ravens number 3, Monstrous Talk Stories number 1, Two number five, and saving the best for last, Rat Queens number twenty-three. The presenting sponsor of Masters of the Obvious is us. Producing a podcast is expensive, but you can keep this show in business. Masters of the Obvious dot com has all your Motopod merch needs. Need some leggings to hug that dump truck of an ass? Need a crop sweatshirt to stay warm and slutty? Need a hoodie for your girlfriend to steal? Well, we have the perfect place for you. Mastersoftheobvious.com Buy merch, be a hero to these needy nerds. Today, we have Danny Beck on the show. He's a senior concept artist at Riot Games, Hamster Dad, and Star Wars Geek. 
Warsy? Is that the equivalent of Trekkie? Anyway, welcome, Danny. Hello, how's it going? Good. Pretty good. We're pretty exhausted from our makeup tutorial, to be honest. <laughs> I saw part of it. It looked, uh, looked like a lot of work. And we realize we don't sound as good live. Like, it's always better after we edit things. And now we have, like, an extra layer of self-consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was fun. It was totally fun to watch. I'm like, I'm We're catfishing everybody. Pretty much. <laughs> So I want to hear about what you've been up to in these strange pandemic times. What have you been binging? How has your work changed, if if at all? Wow. Um, It's been been interesting. It's definitely been an interesting time. I mean, um, the nice thing is that, like, as far as work is concerned, we definitely, you know, we started working from home, like the whole company, in March. You know, I was working from home one day a week anyway, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of like break up the, the commute. You know, it's been a, it's been a, little, been a little bit of a challenge in that we're so used to seeing each other. And on the merch team, which is the team that I work on, mm-hmm. um, we have to review like physical products. Like we get samples back from the manufacturer and stuff. And I need to review them and the art director needs to review them and the other art concept artists. And like we all have to basically review them and we can't. Been a, it's been a challenge, you know, just trying to, you know, live the day to day through this time. Um, it's just been just a really, really crazy year, just full of ups and downs and just trying to ride that, you know, and, and actually using this time to just get okay with being alone. <laughs> it's not yeah, easy. That's something. Yeah, I've been thinking about that, too, because I mean, it's, it's a little bit different with Cynthia and I we both have families. And so. We're, we're forced to actually be around them, which is something, but then, <laughs> then also just living alone. That's gotta be something. It is. And I mean, I've, I was kind of seeing some friends every once in a while in March, but ever since then, like, it's just sort of, it's, you know, for personal reasons, I just, you know, try to um, isolate as much as I can, but it really starts to, you know, it starts to get to you. I mean, you just get excited when you like go to the grocery store and the, the cashier <laughs> <Right>. says hi. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> like try not to talk their ear off or anything. And just be like, thank you for saying hi you, to me. You got to make eyes at them. Yeah. You'll have a mask on. <laughs> but no, like I've, it's, it's been, it's been weird. It's been a weird year, like creatively too, just in that, like, you know, the, the ups and downs of this whole, this whole thing have been, you know, pretty drastic and it, mm-hmm. it, it can take its toll at times. And it's, it's sort of taken an, you know, had its impact on my creativity as well. You know, for a while there, I'd get into a really good drawing groove and then it would just get tripped up by something and then, you know, spend like three weeks to a month not doing anything, you know, just posting old picture, old paintings on Instagram, just kind of like post something. But Yeah, that algo will, will fuck you over if you don't yeah. keep posting. <laughs> I know this for a fact. It does. Oh, it really yeah. does. It really does. Unless you post something of Baby Yoda, then everybody's... <laughs> oh, loves. yeah. Well, we we had to repost that, too. I'm like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't just post that and think that we're not going to take that. <laughs> so great. Have you been binging anything? Anything you're really into right now? Besides the Mandalorian, uh, and that's kind of hard to binge because it's like, you know, I'm getting these like little doses each week. And it's like for season two, I've been like on top of it, staying up till midnight to watch the episode as it right when it drops. And then I'll watch it again the next morning, you know, just to make sure I caught everything. But um, I don't really watch a lot of a lot of TV. I mean, I did watch Queen's Gambit. Oh yeah, you had was to. So good. I was really I just was not expecting that at all. Like I, I don't know, I honestly don't know what I was expecting, which is probably why it was such a, 
a big surprise. About but, chess, of all things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just had so much heart. It had so much personality, and um, it just had such a great message all the way through. You know, mm-hmm. like it really was just. I never left an episode feeling, you know, like I'd gotten gut kicked or, uh, you know, was dragged through the mud or anything. I was just like, that was just really, I can't wait for the next one and just go on to the next one. And um, so, yeah, I, I totally binge watched that. I like towards the end, I tried to like stretch it out, but um, yeah. Like, uh, like the green pills. Exactly. But I think you're like, right about that show. Cause I think right now we're kind of like, in this mindset where we're constantly thinking that every show is going to gut punch us the way that life is right now. And that show really didn't do that. It was just sort of like, I mean, it had its moments, but like, it was just every single episode. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll watch another one now. This is great. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And I just, it it was just so easy to watch. Like I liked all the characters in it. It was, and I, I really did just like the, the message it had. It didn't, it wasn't too heavy handed with like politics or anything like that, but it did have that stuff. Like it was definitely mm-hmm. there and you know, it was just, it was just really, really nice to watch. And I, I just started watching, I actually just finished uh, watching the docuseries. We are the champions on Netflix, which is another one of those shows. It's like, it's, it's about sort of ridiculous competitive uh, sports. Oh. Like there's, yes. one, there's one on. Oh, chill. that sounds amazing. Yeah. It really, but it's like, it's not, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like there's the cheese roll uh, episode, which is the first episode. It takes place in, in London or in England. And it's completely bonkers. Like they love their sports and they take it very seriously. And, but it, it also has just such a positive message to it, especially at the end. It's, it's narrated by Rain Wilson. And the very last message of each episode is just such an uplifting and positive message. I, I just leave like, every episode feeling like, like buoyed. And I'm like, this is just, I feel better. I feel so much like (laughs) it's just nice. It's a nice change of pace, especially during this time. They have um, competitive wife carrying in that as well. (laughs) (laughs) They do have competitive dog dancing though. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm sold. We used to do uh, beard competitions, which I also find really hilarious because it's basically <laughs> hollows and tiaras for bearded men. Yeah, I imagine like if if they do like another uh, season of it, because the first season is only like six or six or eight episodes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not very long, and each episode is only like thirty minutes long. So maybe in the second season they'll get to the beard beard competitions. So tell us more about your work. What do you, what exactly do you do at Riot Games? Well, um, so I started out at Riot on, well, actually when I, when I first started there, they hired me, they're like, we don't really have, we didn't really hire you for anything in particular. So you just pick whatever you want to, whatever you want to work on. And so I was like, all right, well, what is there? So they hired me into the creative development, uh, team, uh, which just does, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's just, everybody does like different things and we kind of, you know, prototype stuff and tries try things and see what works. <clears throat> there was two different projects they were working on. One was a video game and one was a board game. And I had left Blizzard um, two years prior to that. Mm-hmm. And I was at Blizzard for four years and I just kind of got burnt out. And I'm like, I'm tired of working in video games. I've been working in video games for probably like 13 or 14 years at that point. Oh, wow. I was just tired of it. I'm like, I want to do something else. When I did get the job at, at Riot, there was a video game. I was like, no, I don't really want to work on that, even though it looked cute. It looked like it'd be fun. And there was a board game. And I was like, well, 
cool, something, a physical product. That's the polar opposite of what I was doing before. And it sounds awesome. So, you know, I started working on this uh, board game called Mechs versus Minions. Never thought it would see the light of day. I was like, what kind of board, what kind of video game company would actually publish a board game? <laughs> I, I had, I, I honestly had no hope in it whatsoever, but I was happy to work on it. It was a fun game. It was, you know, you know, coming in at the very start of it, which was, which was great because it was a very small team, very close knit. More free reign, I would imagine too. Huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was the only artist on the team. So it was basically like, if this did, if this thing did see the light of day, it was going to be all my art. Like and and it ended up it did and it was from the from from the box to the instructions everything in that oh, that's so cool yeah so that was like that made me feel really good because it was the exact opposite of what video games are because you do your work and nobody ever really sees it at all it's supposed to blend in with everybody else's so you just kind of like i want to stand out you're assimilating yeah yeah you know so so the board game shipped it actually ended up doing really well it went to the top 20 of all board games we were going to do a another board game after that, but that didn't work out. So, you know, I was kind of like at a crossroads where I was like, well, I can leave Riot or I can go to another team and work on something else. So it was kind of like, well, what should I do? The merch stuff sounded really good because I like to take things and make them cute anyway, which is... Yeah. Totally. Part of what, yeah, which is part of what the a lot of the figures are, uh, the chibi line of figures are at, on the merch on the merch team. So, and it was making more physical product. I was like, that's that's perfect. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, applied for that job, and and I got it and moved to that team, and basically got to spend. I've been spending the rest of the, my last three years working on that team. So I've been there like almost six years now. Yeah, I, I've been working on the merch team, which is, you know, making the collectibles, the toys, the figures. Of course, they do like shirts and, you know, apparel and stuff like that and uh, pins and plushies. I think that's awesome League of Legends stuff too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. all like, it's all League of Legends, right? Well, League of Legends and Valorant is the, okay. they yeah, just released yeah. Valorant. So that's the next game. It's mostly focused on League of Legends and like half of my job is taking, you know, the characters and making them cute little versions of themselves, which is I love that just so much. like it really does. It makes my heart so happy. You're, like you're, you're basically a dad, or you're like, I'm going to take these two things, big, these big, you know, adult things together and smash them and make them really cute. Yeah, I mean, it's just like taking and giving them big heads, big eyes, big cute features. You know, simplifying everything down. And I mean, it's it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. Like people think that like you know, making something cute is super easy to do. You just give it big eyes and whatever, but like there's like proportions and all the stuff you have to do. And we have, you know, we just have such a great team that everybody like knows that space really well and knows how to, mm-hmm. I, I think our chibi line of figures are some of the best out there. Honestly, I agree. I'm, not just, I'm not tooting my own horn. I've seen some of the other chibis. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't do I, it I that way. I my nose at them. <laughs> your, your mother was a hamster. Yeah, your father's exactly. still the elderberry. <laughs> I mean, I, I get how hard it is to make things cute. I have to put on makeup every day. I'm like, you know, today will be the day. I'll crack the code. <laughs> um, so what do you think is the most surprising aspect of what you do to someone outside of it? Um, I think most of the time it's, there's sort of a disbelief that, you know, or, or maybe that people don't understand what goes into making stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that I get to do that is what's is something that's surprising. It surprises me. I, did, I mean, I honestly never expected to be 
in this role ever. Like I went to, I was going to go to study animation, like back in the days of when um, Fox animation was in Phoenix. Cause that's, that's where I'm from. Um, okay. I was going to go, I wanted to do animation and I even was going to, you know, Don Bluth, was going to hire me to be his assistant animator. It was going to be oh, awesome. Wow. But that was around the time Toy Story came out and everybody went to 3D and Don Bluth was like strictly 2D animation, like traditional animation. So nobody wanted to fund that anymore. So he couldn't get the funding to do his movie, oh, which was going to be... you, Toy Story. Yeah, I know. Like, damn, Pixar. <laughs> um, ruining, it, ruining it for the old school. God, um, dweebs. <laughs> but yeah, so... It, it really is just the fact that, you know, my, my journey to this point has been not what I expected. Like I said, I just was, was, wasn't expecting to be in video games and then to be working on a board game and then working on merch. So it's just, it's always surprising uh, to me as well to, to look back and see, you know, how, um, how I got here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to, to, to most people, it, it really is just the fact that I get to design toys. <laughs> That's figures, really fucking you know? cool. You never think about the people behind it either. Yeah, like they, they, there's, there really is a lot of work. And I mean, I'm always learning. Like even when I started on the project, uh, on that team, I was like, I really don't know anything. I collect figures. I've collected Star Wars figures since I was a kid. I've collected toys and statues and all kinds of collectibles and stuff. So I'm like, I, I think that I know I'm sitting there like, I think I know how I would do it differently. I know how to do it better. Um, and that's not, what, not just repaint the same mold. Over yeah. and over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a big, that was a big one. I, I don't know if you ever got into collecting Marvel figures, but uh, the nineties was around the time that I started in boy, those are all just repaints. Yeah. Oh, totally. They're totally yeah. like, well, them those and spawn figures and, you know, yeah. the spawn figures were just like big hunks of plastic. I mean, I, I collected those too. I collected spawn. I was like, yeah. Well, Marlon's um, doing much more advanced stuff now yes, too. His stuff, like it's even back then it was sort of like ahead of its time, but in a lot of ways it was, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to like go on record as say the quality was bad, but <laughs> They weren't what, really, yeah. yeah, they weren't really figures that lasted. Um, but now there's so much like, obviously he's embraced like, you know, spawn something better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's really like leaned into that a lot and he's really mm -hmm. turned it in. He's really turned it into something, you know, fantastic, but yeah. And he keeps um, them all in Tupperware containers. Does he really? <laughs> well, he sometimes will go live and show his new figurines oh, and he'll have okay. it in a Tupperware with like the <laughs> like paper towel. I think <laughs> it's very, it's kind of cute. I, I'm into that. Like your little lunch from home. <laughs> I wouldn't, that would take up a lot of the space keeping him like that, but you know, yeah. I guess he's probably got it. I, he's probably got a lot, yeah, a lot of space. Exactly. So you mentioned Star Wars before. Oh and here's the big question for you. I would love, and Cynthia especially, she's our, she's our resident Star Wars nerd. I want you to go crazy. And I want from episode one to nine, <laughs> oh, rank geez. them. Oh my God. Oh, geez. This is going to hurt your brain. Yeah. And, and on her list, she also includes Rogue One and Solo. So Okay. So of the movies. We can get rid of Rogue One and Solo because we all know Solo, Solo wasn't good. And See, Rogue I would, One, really? I would actually put rogue one in there no rogue one is excellent it really is but i'm a sucker in that like anything that is set in the classic trilogy sort of space era. No intended yeah. yeah era thank you much better much better term than space, space. <laughs> um even though it's still in space i think that's uh but anything that sets that that basically hits those nostalgia 
nerves for me mm-hmm. gets me all the time, which is why I love the Mandalorian so much. And it's not just that the Mandalorian's like just set in that time, like shortly after it said it's set in that time. Well, it's done really right. well. So, okay. But so I still want to hear where you would rank the ones you don't like too. Do you want to start from the bottom and go up? Is that easier for you? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go from the, from the bottom, bottom up here. Uh, so obviously uh, last Jedi is going to be my last, my least favorite. <laughs> Um, he's lighting fires. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm probably going to get some hate mail. Yeah, that's that's definitely my least favorite. Okay, even, Wars, e- wait, even even more so than episode one is worse yeah, than Phantom yeah. Menace. I have I have actually I actually have very fond memories around the Phantom Menace because I went to the very first Star Wars celebration in Denver. Like mm-hmm. it was a like I did a road trip with my with one of my best friends. It was a blast. Like, it, but. The, the the event itself was was soggy and muddy. It was raining the whole time. There was a flood like nearby. You almost washed um, off your Darth Maul makeup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Hide it off. <laughs> like the, it was done, it was done in this like old airplane hangar. Uh, it was like Whoa. a museum. Yeah. It was like bare bones and as like scrappy as can be. Like some people there were some episode one props and uh uh, things like that from the movie that were on display there, but it wasn't, it wasn't like it is now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a lot of like really great memories around that, even though like I walked out of the You're movie the first time I saw it. Yes, exactly. Okay. So you got buttered up with that one. I totally did. I so totally last, did. Last Jedi, what's second oh, to worst? Uh, next one would be um, the Clone Wars. Actually. Clone Wars. Yeah. I can... You know, I, I'm not mad at you over that. That was I, a boring ass. Yeah, just cringy. All kinds of the cringy moments in it. Like, you I know? could just watch The West Wing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like C-SPAN in space. Yeah, exactly. So third, um, to, third to worse. The, oh, gosh. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm the sequels are going to be like down yeah, there. Yeah, you're not alone in this. Don't feel bad okay. about it. I mean, okay, you know, there's plenty of people that agree you're with you. You're very, very. No, okay. you're alone. I mean, in within this conversation, you're alone. But oh. <laughs> I'm not getting in no, terms I'm not of like the world, here. you're not alone. Yeah, I don't get no. Any with you too. All right. Um, okay, then solo. Um, <laughs> but then uh, I'd actually like. So we're what are they for? Um, we got left. Uh, this is this is actually a math Revenge podcast. Of the Sith. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm sorry. I'm like trying to like go over all of the movies in my head. Uh, next one would be um, what's up? To, I would say The Force Awakens would be next. Rogue One after that, and then uh, above that would be The Phantom Menace. Okay. I mean, Darth Maul, the lightsaber battles. Come on. There's, there's some good stuff in there. The, the pod pod races as amazing. And then, and then Qui-Gon Jinn went to go hunt black guys and it was super awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson, Jesus. He was, I, he was a great Jedi. But also the last person I'd expect to be a racist yes. teabag. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's unfortunate. That really is. But uh, yeah, I, he was I hate a, seeing that. He was yeah. a great Jedi. It was kind of yeah. a bummer that he, we lost him so quickly. Yeah. Um, so then we got, uh, let's see, Force Week. Uh, he had to do Love Actually. That's why he had to. <laughs> say He redeemed himself. <laughs> um, uh, so we got Rogue One, Fa- uh, Phantom Menace. So we're, we only have the last three, three right? right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then there'd be Jedi, Star Wars, Empire. 
I mean, Jedi A New Hope. New Hope. Well, Empire. yeah. As we always, all know, it was originally called Star Wars and not yeah, A New Hope. Yeah, for when I saw it, <laughs> which was in the theaters in 1977. It was just Star Wars. Yeah, and the stars don't even fight in it. No. <laughs> it's no, a mystery. Like, yeah. Of um, course, you're a toy guy and you love Star Wars, though. Like, oh, that's yeah. the whole thing. Do you ever it's look a, at the bootlegs? I've they're, seen a few of them. They're they're pretty weird. They're pretty funny. They're that's pretty all, weird. <laughs> I have a friend, and that's all he collects is Star Wars bootlegs. Really? Bootlegs? Wow. I gotta I gotta hook the two of you up because you would be just delighted. He um, outfitted one of his rooms in his house to be like a storefront with like a glass display and all kinds of stuff, and it's just hilarious. Where do you Where do you put the Christmas special? And all this. You know what? I have not seen that since it aired. <laughs> it's hard to find. Yeah. Did you see the new Lego one? I started watching it. I started watching it and I started to actually take issue with it pretty early on. Hmm. You know, um, and I know it wasn't, it's, you know, I don't want to be one of those fans. It's like, you know, how dare you kind of a thing because I love Lego Star Wars. I do like their the humor, everything in it. Like it's just so much fun. It's fun to see like those characters just behaving, you know, uh, you know, all silly and, and fun. But um, when, like when Ray starts to bounce, you know, around in the, uh, like through the different mm-hmm. um, moments in Star Wars and she pops into Luke's sitting on Luke's lap and the, the, the trench scene, the X wing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and when she's done with that whole scene, she basically is like, I helped destroy the Death Star. I'm like, no, you didn't. You had <laughs> okay. <nothing> to <laughs> You're going to hate me, but that's why I don't like Rogue One. Because I feel like that storyline took away from the importance of Leia and oh, delivering yeah. the, the Death Star plans. Yeah. No, I, Although, I, I mean, but we got a strong female character. That's great. But it yeah. does kind of undermine it. It it does. And it's like, but I kind of felt that way about this, the prequels too. When those were first announced, I was like, I, we know who Darth Vader is. He was the best star fighter pilot in the galaxy. And we knew that he was an excellent pod racer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like we, we, I didn't need to see all that. I was, you know, I remember having those conversations with my, with my Star Wars buddy, um, you know, back in the nineties and just being like, Oswald? He has a whole bit about that. <laughs> but it was just like, you know, I he's Darth Vader's one of my is my favorite character, mm-hmm. like of all Star Wars. Um and just about just about any movie villain ever. Like he's just for me the pinnacle. Um and I liked the mystery. I liked the you know, not knowing, not getting to see all of that stuff that happened in the past. You not know, seeing him as a whiny of, bitch before. Yes. Yeah. And they told, yeah, exactly. We and just want to, we like just want to not see him. Not, not see. Not see yeah. his past. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what he is. That didn't drag you on to, to no, just no, no. rail you, on you. <laughs> I, no, no, I told you, like, I, like you started on Star Wars, it's going to be a conversation. Yeah. I was just, I, I didn't want to see his, his backstory. So yeah. three movies of it too was just like. Well, how did you feel about Revenge of the Sith and how that ended? Because I I hear from a lot of Star Wars fans who hate the sequels, who actually kind of like Revenge of the Sith. It's not because you bad. do at least get Darth Vader at some point. Yeah, yeah, but and, I mean, come on, no. Yeah. 
Yes, it, that's and that's exactly what I was just gonna. That's that's exactly what I was just gonna say. Is and that Padme like, just dying until I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she just gives I'm up. Dead. She's just giving the. She's just you know. That's relatable. But you know, seeing this, the you know the 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 homestead again, and you know Luke's homestead, and having seeing him, you know Obi Wan delivering him, like that was kind of cool. But then like the. The birthing scene, the the Darth Vader rising up like Frankenstein scene, and and you know with that no and everything, there's just those I kind of thought a little Hannibal Lectory. <laughs> oh, but then from what I understand from the no, wasn't that supposed to be Hayden Christensen's voice morphing into? Oh my God, what is, who, is, who does the voice? James Earl Jones. Thank you. And they and they just brought him in to do that one part. That lots of I find really? so funny. Yeah. Oh, they brought James Earl Jones in for that one. Just yeah. to do that, yeah. but like, but then had to have it morph into his voice. I didn't know they morphed it. That's why it's not as awkward. Oh, well, it was just yeah. a weird line too. Like he's don't don't shake your head at me. I'm probably right. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm just trying to make excuses for the sequels. Maybe yeah, the, like the come prequels. on. Well, you know. well, the prequels I mean, were your era. You know that the was prequels your... were my era. But I did watch the the original trilogy before. I actually got in a lot of trouble because my dad had them on VHS, and I left a popsicle on them <laughs> and melted. <laughs> Oh wait, on the prequels? Oh, no, on, on the, the original, the original oh, the trilogy. Cl- oh my gosh! And my dad like flipped out, and uh, and he's like a very mild mannered guy, and I've never <laughs> seen him flip out like that. <laughs> I, so maybe have, I do I, take joy in trashing Star Wars. I don't know. Maybe that was my <laughs> my, my villain or, origin that's story. How, that's how you started out. But I mean, to be fair, yeah, I was fairly young when um the the prequels came out, and I remember enjoying them and I, wasn't, I wasn't precious too precious about the trilogy even though i saw it okay first. although i do i do remember being bored and this is someone who sat through <laughs> lord of the rings i sat no, through lord of the rings and i was what? fine no you know what my sister uh, just tried to show her kids she's got um four kids and they're all they're all of like they're you know in their teens now and she tried to show them the classic trilogy because her husband is also a big Star Wars nerd too. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, one of them is super into like Mario and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, ah, he needs to get into Star Wars. We're going to, we need to change that. Um, <laughs> she, she tried to, she tried to get them to watch the first one and they were bored. Mm, they were, the like, original trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like they Same were just kind of like the, the effects were kind of like, uh, what's like, ah, but at the, no, at the time though, like it is. Yeah. I mean, like it, it also depends on the kid. My six year old loves them all. He obviously loves yeah, the new it ones. Really more, does. It really but does. Like, yeah. He does, he loves them. He has yeah. to. Otherwise, he out. <laughs> <laughs> I always had this theory too that. Um, the newer the Star Wars movie, the more watchable it is to someone who isn't precious about it. Because there's a there's a podcast called The Newcomers, and it's Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus, both comedians. And they had never seen any Star Wars movie, any no property, nothing. They had no context for it, just like what they've been hearing growing up. Yeah. They didn't like the trilogy. They liked the sequels, I mean, the prequels a little bit better, but they love the sequels. Love it's, them. You know, I... I, I... I sort of like blame like just the way we're so inundated with like effects, like everything. I, I think it's more than that. And bigger I think it's and bigger. Like this effects get more are slicker. The, mm-hmm. um, 
there's more action. It's more more diverse casting, so you can see yourself more in it sure. now too. Absolutely, yeah. and, and and granted, yeah, the original, even this this the prequels were kind of like, eh, you're not really breaking any ground <laughs> so, there. Some weird racial undertones too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Ooh. laughs> um, but yeah, it and I I just sort of think that it's just because having been exposed to so many like you know super awesome effects i mean you think about when like the first like sort of digital effects started to be introduced those were like mind-blowing but by today's standards they're they're crap you know and you look at them and you're like Ugh, and george the- lucas agrees with all the remastering of yes, things and i think if you just like just calm down and wait a little bit longer how much better would all that been? Like, yeah. I didn't realize that Jar Jar was the first motion captured character. Yeah, and first all CG character. Yeah. yeah. It predates um Smeagol, Golem. Yep. Yeah. Just I mean he, but that's the thing. Like had Star Wars not been made when it was, we wouldn't have a lot of what we have today. Like he really is like yeah. the godfather of, of modern uh, we wouldn't have microwaves. Just kidding. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> if we wouldn't have mac- microwaves, they wouldn't have been able to make the sequels. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so repeated what... crap. That's what Force Awakens is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really, oh, and warmed over crap. So the Mandalorian, which I like to call the Amanda Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> we just got a new um, episode on Friday, and. Yep. Instead of us talking about it during our news segment, we're going to talk about it with you because you're so fun and you like Star Wars. (laughs) Um, But before we talk about what happened in this episode, I I do want to touch on the last one with you. Um, What were your thoughts about uh, the Harris? The the Harris? The Harris. The Harris. (laughs) The Harris. Well, Um, Mandalorian and my favorite episode, the Harris. (laughs) Um. You know, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I liked it a lot. There was some stuff that I was kind of like, I don't know, like I've I've watched the Clone Wars, the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had a hard time watching the last season, this, this newest one that they did. So I didn't immediately get like I knew like the names, the names sounded familiar, but I wasn't sure. I was like, <clears throat> is that actually supposed to be her? Like mm-hmm. from the like, so it was it was I was just having a bit of a, you know, um, a moment where I, I was having a little trouble connecting the dots. And that's just, you know, because I wasn't following that storyline so closely. But it had a lot of really great action in it. It was neat to see. And I, and I, at first I, I questioned, it felt like a little bit of a backpedal when they were like, you know, they explained that the watch is a, you know, a, a more, uh, extremist. Yeah. Extremist, thank you. Yeah. More extremist yeah. cult kind of a, uh, you know, uh, organization and they can't show their ankles. That's what it was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I felt like, you know, because the, you know, the, all that recent controversy with Pedro Pascal, like, raising the stink about not getting to see his face. I, I sort of like connected those dots and I was like, Oh, they're doing this to like, to satisfy him so he can show his face. And this basically gives him an excuse to take his helmet off. Now when I was kind of like, how are they? but at the same time from the onset of this show, I was like, how are they going to do this? <laughs> the guy yeah. is never going to get to show his face. So I was kind of like on his side to a degree, but then I thought he was just kind of being, you know, a little bit of a diva and was like, I want to show my face. So you change the story. And I thought that's what they were doing, but it did also explain like why in the other series, they just take their helmets off. Like in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the animated series or like, boop, you know, even Django Fett. I have of- two theories and they're both terrible about 
who gets to take off their helmet. I think that they specifically put the ugly ones in watch. <laughs> or it's a hygiene thing. So you don't you don't think Pedro Pascal is attractive? I'm I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> but no, um maybe, I'm also thinking that the people that are aren't in the watch um just have better hygiene hmm. in general. Hmm. They're just trying I mean, to air it out once in a while. By default. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you would you would need to take that helmet off. You're gonna. But, but then you stink. think about garbage men, people that you know work with garbage. You know, if you're around the smell enough, you get used to it. Well, I mean, they they if you never take that <laughs> helmet off, it's just gonna stink. And then he's like getting like he's diving into the in you know insides of you know crate dragons and stuff, and he's coming out. He's not washing that helmet. You don't see like he the next episode. You see the residue of well, that's what was like the like, argument. Like we don't get to see people pee in sci-fi <laughs> stuff. And then they did it in Firefly just to be funny. Oh, okay. Well, that's true. You never see anybody do it in Star Wars, but you did see it. You did get to see it in the Dark Forces, which is an old game. You might have saw it in Battlestar too. You saw a lot of fucking in Battlestar. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, a lot of fracking. (laughs) Um, But okay, let's dive into the siege. Everyone's excited about. Um, So the last we saw. Of the Dadalorian and Baby Yoga. Baby Yoga. <laughs> yoga. Baby Yoga. <laughs> I want to see what Baby Yoga looks like. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting lemon. fun with all the names. Dadalorian and Baby Yoga. Little baby downward dogs and stuff. <laughs> so they uh, they basically, their ship was being held together by like fishing wire, right? Yeah, they, they thank the Juan Calamari for that. Yeah, yeah. What what happened to the the octopus that was... The, the stowaway. Oh. The one he, he, he caught. Yeah, he, 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 you see Baby Yoda slurp it up. Oh, so. you're right. You're right. Okay. Um, so they have to get their ship fixed. They go to yeah, Navarro and meet up with Grief Karga and Cara Dune to, you know, to get it back into shape. Um, then they end up on a quest, which is a fun one. They get to take on an Empire base. Yeah, but before oh, yeah. that happens... Baby Yoda goes to school. Okay, you want to talk about baby yoga? Yes, yoga. <laughs> Give me baby yoga. <laughs> it is cool to see baby what yoga. has happened. Baby to yoga Navarro. plays with wires. Baby yoga eats. Baby yoga throws up. I love it. It is cool to see what's happened on Navarro since he left too. It is. Yeah. Those stark contracts. Also, like more women should be in power. You know, we should elect women sheriffs everywhere and see what happens. And um. Carl Weathers. We should have a Carl Weathers in yeah. every town. He's doing great in this role. He really is. Like I, I was having a tough time with the at the beginning of it. I'm like, all I saw was Carl Weathers, and Predator is one of my <clears throat> one of my other favorite movies. <laughs> and so, I'm showing my age because I you, thought Happy Carl Weathers. No, no. Um, <laughs> Tobias Fouquet's. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> You're gonna throw that bone away? Make, make a, a stew make with a that. Stew. You got yourself a stew. <laughs> Um, so yeah we get the return of those uh fan favorites although um now awkward favorite like problematic fave with cara dune anyway nothing Uh, that the character herself did but the the actress we already talked about it we don't need to talk about it anymore we found out that moff gideon which it's been kind of hinted at is still alive but the the main cast finally realizes that they didn't die yeah and we get like a peek at why they wanted the the child to begin with I was for a second there. I was like, is this going to be like Snoke's 
are these like Snoke's in the little tubes and we get to see no one of them kind of looks like him and I was that's what I was worried about too I was like don't do that (laughs) my least favorite movies yeah please don't bring him into this Give us a Snokesicle. Come on. <laughs> How do you like this off the actor that plays Moff Gideon? I like it. I mean, you know, of course, introduced, uh, at least I was introduced to him, you know, um, in when he was in Breaking Bad. Yeah. And he's just, he's such a great actor. I was, I never expected to see him in Star Wars. You know, that was the last, you know, I want to say the last place I'd ever thought. Because he's in, he's in, um, uh, the boys as well. Yeah. Um, so that's scary. And you put a tracker on the razor crest. Yeah. Yeah. You can, I, I just knew something was going to happen there when that alien, which, you know, at first I couldn't, that, that alien that was responsible for that. I, I was like, gosh, that alien looks really familiar. Where have I seen that before? And it's actually one of the, the races, alien races that's in uh, the new squadrons video game. And I was like, ah, oh, that's uh. it. But, when he when it turns around, I don't know if it's a he or she <clears throat> turns around and, and, and looks at them as they're walking away. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, they're alluding <laughs> to something. They wouldn't <laughs> pause that long like, on a random character. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like either they're going to get it's going to be an ambush or you know something else is going to go down here. So I guess right now we're 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 excited about the return of Bo-Katan and see if she gets the dark saber and Boba Fett and Boba Fett and and Ahsoka. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see how they're going to handle this. It's going to really be interesting. Am. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. They're obviously going to do it in the next one. And you think? Uh, yeah. yes. you think so? I think. Oh wait, we're on episode four. This must be eight, right? And yes, and uh, who's directing the next one? Kind of lends to who's directing no, David. Dave is no, oh, not Davis. Dave. Oh, it's his baby. Yeah, it's this. Right. So I have a feeling that hands. that's when they're gonna pull I it out. When, I knew when I saw that Carl Weathers was doing this episode that we were gonna get more Cara Dune, and I was like, crap. Yeah. <laughs> we also get more Carl Weathers. We got more yeah. Baby Yoda too, we got and and more um, Horatio Sands. Yes. <laughs> And you know, I like that character. I'm actually really, you know, like quite characters. fond of him. Yeah, I mean, that whole episode was just you know total total nerdgasm for me because like seeing all of these things, like just through this whole season, it's just been nothing but like nostalgia overload for me. And mm-hmm. you know, seeing all the all the nods to all these other types of shows that I grew up with, you know, um, it really is just I'm just really connecting with it on such a, such a deep personal level that I'm, I'm actually kind of annoyed by it because I'm like, <laughs> I hate that I like it this much. Yeah. Because after the, the sequels, there's those, you know, kind of like, you know, don't, they burned you as like an yeah, ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Especially <laughs> like, like as a collector too, I was like, great, I'm out. I don't like, I don't want to buy anything from these new movies that, you know, I can stop buying them. I don't have to, you know, keep collecting because it's, you know, kind of a habitual thing. I felt an obligation to, um, to the series to continue collecting, buying all the Star Wars figures. And after those movies, I was like, great. Good. Thank you. You've solved my problem for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to buy any more of the figures. And then... And then enter Baby Yoda. Yes. And here comes the Mandalorian. Is like, no, it's just like, you know... You didn't get any Porgs? Nope. Oh, God, no. I wanted Chewbacca to eat those that are like thing. Those are like chibi seagulls. Okay. Chibi seagulls. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather buy Ewoks over 
porgs and that's saying a lot yeah so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes from here i'm just hoping that we don't see bill burr again yeah space bostonian yeah like well just like he was just such a disappointment all around like i I hated his costuming i hated the weapon that he used it was just kind of cheesy the weapon was was hilarious yeah i was just like (laughs) come on this is not the least star wars thing the least looking star wars guy you know star wars looking guy should we pretend like we know what's going to happen next week should we kind of ruminate on what you think is going to happen next in the series i think i don't think he's gonna i don't think moff gideon is going to catch up to him just yet like it's not going to be that soon. He's burn. probably going to wait like another episode, probably like the sixth or seventh episode, because it's going to obviously they're going to end the series with a cliffhanger of some sort. Mm. So that that can't happen right now because then they'd have to take care of that whole. You know, it'd have to last for four episodes, I think. So what if it's just them all hanging around talking about what happened? <laughs> but do you remember that there's a filler there was a filler episode of Game of Thrones like that before the big fight at Winterfell where they were just in front of the fire and Did I, you watch Game of Thrones at all? I've only watched the first four episodes before I got bored. Uh, dang it. See Cynthia hasn't seen it either and I can't talk Game of Thrones with anybody. Sorry. Yeah. I don't no, like dragon I, porn. Sorry. See, well, <laughs> I just thought it was, you know, I I don't know. I I wasn't and everybody said, like, just get past the first season and go right to the second season. Whoa, no, I wanted what? To like, um, I'm like, there's a lot of nudity I'm going to miss. So, like, <laughs> they wanted um, you to do like hatchet order or it's called no machete order. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're like, well, the first season is boring. And I'm like, well, it's just it's not just that. Like, to me, it just felt like generic fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, there was something like about it that didn't catch me, like in the. The costume design, the the sets, the all that stuff was just seemed it just seemed very generic when I expected something otherworldly. George R. R. Martin definitely like overdosed on Tolkien. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he's like, How do I make us more about boobs? Yeah. <laughs> and incest. <laughs> yes. And violence. I, I and he succeed. It. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he had nothing to do with the later seasons either, which yes. is where things got really wacky, which is where I thrived because I like it when things get wacky. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of real what the fuck moments. Oh, speaking of what the fuck moments, we had one. We had a little slip in this episode. Oh, right. Uh-oh. Um, and there was some really great memes from it, too. Um, I guess one of the one of the crew members, like half, like a, maybe like maybe like a third of his body vertically oh, yes. was in a shot yeah yeah i saw that it's like the uh, like the the coffee cup from uh, yeah. yeah so yeah that's now, you can't fire a coffee cup and i'm sure that guy is fired yeah. <laughs> but, is it, but is it really his fault and not the people they who are framing it they, yeah, yeah they really or should've. editing it i mean those were effects shots people should have seen that i mm-hmm. hope he gets an entry in wikipedia <laughs> Oh god, yeah. He's now canon. <laughs> Jeff, what's his name, is now canon in the Star Wars. <laughs> there are gonna be people who are gonna cosplay as that guy. Oh my as god. They, I am. As soon as they can find out what the what the <laughs> rest of his outfit was, they're gonna he cosplay. He just planted that, that seed in my head and he's now gonna put a wall on one side. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like somebody is gonna do that. Somebody Wait, Cynthia, can you be the coffee cup then? <laughs> 
how how obscure would those costumes be? <laughs> It'd be well, an just, easy costume. That'll be our next video when we yeah we'll do a makeup of that. Draw myself up like a comic. <laughs> well, and then I obviously have to be Jeff crew member because I can't do makeup. You'll have to do a whole like Starbucks logo. That'd be great. Or just um, put a coffee cup on your head. Yeah, done. Yeah. A, a table and a coffee cup. You know, I do agree that um, it's going to be a slow burn. Yeah. Because um, we did get a couple kind of fillery episodes already. That whole Space Spiders one. Yeah, that was definitely, definitely filler. Yeah. You know, you can kind of see that that the Mandalorian is starting to soften a bit. Like he, even mm-hmm. he's starting to kind of loosen his the rules a little bit, even around the little baby Yoda there. My son was um, like, I saw his chin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Even, when he was drinking, yeah. Even even, you know, clearly, you know, the the child understands that, you know, he doesn't just take this helmet off for anything either. So he was kind of like trying to catch a peek too. He's like, what the <laughs> he's definitely soft. Like he like when when baby Yoda threw up, he was just like, oh, total Dadalorian. <laughs> yeah. Like just yeah. like, I got you, baby. He's like talking to him <laughs> and that and that little uh that little tiny little he's like working with the wires. Yes. Like just the way he's talking to him too. He's just like, you know, and and then that last episode where uh he gets ambushed, uh, he's on the speeder and the guy take you know he trades the the jetpack for for baby Yoda, mm-hmm. and just that look he gives baby Yoda after he gets the rocket pack back, he's just kind of like, "What?" You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he, he clearly is like, he you know, softening, you know, quite a bit from from where he started, and it's just it's just so nice to see because those little moments just kind of make him even that much more you know endearing. We better get a burp cloth moment. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> Well, I mean, like, actually, like, over up. the shoulder. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I also think a 50-year-old baby Yoda in school, too. I just, I love that moment. My son hates school. And I was like, look, baby Yoda's in school. It was like <laughs> Star, Star Wars, Billy Madison. It was so good. And then when the kid wouldn't share his fucking macaroon and the kid. Yeah. Like, and it had to be blue, too. Like, so good. total it's nod a, to a, the blue, a blue milk. It's a blue macaroon. Yeah. So good. Like blue milkaroon. God damn it. I had a whole pun ready to go. No, so. yeah. Blue milkaroon. There you go. Yeah. That's, there you go. And it's also a macaron. Take two. Macaroons. Oh, that's right. Macaroons, macaroons are coconut. See. I know, Uh-oh. but I'm not French Uh-oh. and I'm not going to fucking eat a macaron. <laughs> oh, he had a blue macaron. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> I'm glad that we got to we got Down to re- release our Star Wars splooge. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you a final question, and awesome. that is, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Ah, um, well, don't go to my website. I'm just going to say that right away because it's like six years old now. It's a GeoCities. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Angel Fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's AOL. Damn it. Um, no, I, my my website is uh, just dannybeck.com, but I'm I'm mostly I'm most active on Instagram uh, primarily, which is just at Danny Beck Art. Well, Danny Beck, we had a really great time talking Star Wars, Riot Games, toys with you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I had a I had an absolute blast. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Good. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we, we did it. it. Thank you so much to our guest Danny Beck. What a fucking delight. Check out our website mastersoftheobvious.com for new episodes, news and merch. Our Instagram at mastersoftheobvious 
Facebook at Masters of the Obvious and Twitter at Masters of the O. And if you'd like to be a patron of our show, you can go to contribute.mastersoftheobvious.com. And if you'd like, we'll even mention you on the show. But if you want to remain anonymous, we understand. We don't want to be associated with us either. Please don't forget to leave a glowing review on Apple Podcasts and to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you for listening. And we love you, like, a lot. Pizza rolls, my favorite.